Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and once again, welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray, and we did we did one several hours ago, but now we are back, and we're doing we're doing another one. Um, like I said before, and I'll say it again, it's most a lot of times when I get a chance to do my uh, episodes as best I can. I will certainly um, certainly sit down and we'll talk we'll talk football, and I'll give you my opinions when I get a chance. Uh, like I said today, I am off, so. Get a chance to cut some episodes and catch up on the the world of football. And uh, sir, like I said, news keeps coming in, coming in, and coming in more and more. Um, again, for those who join for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your next door neighbor, uh, fellow coworker, whomever you need to invite. Please invite them to come on in. And certainly, I want to. To get my viewership to grow, grow, and grow that much more. Uh, for those of you from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please also invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, fellow co workers, anybody, please invite them, invite them on in to um, start listening to the episode. As like I said before, there's news, of course, we're into the second round of the NFL playoffs. Um, this week should be some very interesting Interesting matchups. The uh, New York Giants will take on the Philadelphia Eagles for a third time this season. Should be very interesting. And the Dallas will go to San Francisco. Again, another interesting match matchup. Uh, can uh, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys uh, put up 30 more points on San Francisco 49ers? Um, again, can Philadelphia be the team that they have been most of this year and beat up on the New York Giants? Um, you have the Kansas City Chiefs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars, who they got past the Chargers. They're down 27 nothing. Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions, and Nick still figured out a way to win. And of course, an interesting match that Cincinnati Bengals facing the Buffalo Bills. Hey, I guess you could say a rematch of sorts. Of course, we all know what happened with DeMar, the DeMar Hamlin situation as the game was uh, canceled. And now there appears to be a rematch. We'll see. We'll see who comes out on top this time. Will it be Josh Allen Buffalo or the Joe Burrow the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm interested to see how that how that matchup pans certainly pans out. But you know, playoffs not the only thing that's going on. You still got head head coach missions in the field, offensive coordinator missions in the field, some iron on the defensive side of the ball. We talked about Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator for the. Cleveland Browns should be very interesting. Jim is a very aggressive uh, coach, and I think he should be a nice upgrade for the uh, Browns. And I'm sure. Hope Jim has had success in this league as a um, as a coach, a defensive coordinator, and uh, we'll see if he certainly gets the best out of the Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, for those who are, like I said, if you don't listen to me on Anchor, I am on. Uh, Radio, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Radio Public. Um, I am on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I am on those. So, like I said before, if you um, haven't listened, ever listened to, to your podcast, whether you're sitting at home on a break at work or and you're driving, driving home from work, wherever you, wherever you listen to, if you don't listen to Anchor, um, please. Please do so. Listen to the um, please listen to the podcast. Uh, like I said, if you got any questions that you'd like like for me to answer, I am on I am on Facebook. Um, 
I will do my best to give you give me a question. Uh, could be anything about anything from the playoffs to a head coaching position or you know, whatever the case might be. Please, please feel free to just drop me a question. I will certainly, I will certainly take your time out in, in the episode to answer your question. Uh, if you don't get with me on Facebook, uh, certainly I am on Spotify. You can drop an answer on me on Spotify, and uh, I can certainly answer the question over there as well. So there's two possibilities where you can certainly answer. Um, before we go any further, I want to thank, I want to thank uh, some of my, uh, I want to thank some of my listeners uh, here the last few episodes. Uh, the viewership has gone up slightly. I want to thank those who have been listening to the, um, been listening to the podcast. And like I said, the viewership has gone up a little bit. And uh, certainly, it's been a long, it's been a, it's been a long road, but I certainly do the best I can to get you know, the, get you my views, my in, my, import, my inputs on certain, you know, certain information out there. Uh, we will certainly get into this, and maybe, maybe if we get lucky, we can cut one more today. Again, but again, we'll see. We'll see how, how things how things go. Uh, again, I, as far as Facebook goes, I want to thank about picked up a, a few new friends. Uh, some um, some I'm not gonna say business associates, but other businesses are following me on Facebook, and hopefully those businesses can go to their friends and have them listen to my podcast as well. So I want to thank them for. Um, you know, for certainly uh, listening up, you know, for certainly to um, getting involved. And um, hopefully, like I said, that there are friends who listen to the um, podcast. And hopefully, we will keep uh, keep going on and on. And we'll hopefully we'll get better as time goes on. Um, we'll see. But again, I just want to take time before we get into jumping subjects to thank, to thank uh, my new Facebook followers. And I certainly want to thank um, some uh, you know, others that have the viewership that has gone up slightly, and I do appreciate. I do appreciate it. But enough of that. Enough of yada yada, so forth and so forth. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, let's jump into the very first subject, and uh, it has to do with the Kansas City Chiefs. As you know, this time of year, Eric Bieniemy, the last few years, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, always names seems to always pop up in a conversation with a possible head coach. Now we I believe last season Eric had turned down Eric had turned down some um, interview requests to certain to certain teams. And now his name has been floated around. There was one rumor going around that the Indianapolis Colts were interested, possibly interested in his services, which would be a very interesting fit. Um, Eric Eric wouldn't hurt a pretty decent defense, but Eric would have an offense that he would certainly need to work on if he was to give him that chance to be a football coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Certainly, offensive line can need a little work. There, there are a couple of Pro Bowl players on that offensive offensive line, but after that, there's Ryan Kelly and Quentin Nelson, two solid solid linemen. But the rest of the line could use a little work, and that's something that has to be worked on. Um, quarterback, uh, there might not be a quarterback on the roster. Roster Matt Ryan, the girl will be gone. Uh, I'm sure Nick Foles will be gone. Uh, yeah. There might not be a quarterback on the roster. Again, I believe the Colts have the fourth overall pick in this year's draft, if I'm not mistaken. And if you, let's just say for the proverbial sake of argument, 
my guess is Chicago will trade the first overall pick in the draft because they're not really in need of a quarterback. They need to, I guess, put bodies on the field. They need a lot of picks to take into. They certainly need help on the offensive line. They can use another receiver, uh, a linebacker, a pass rusher. Really, those positions that they need to fill. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if they can dangle that first round pick up to somebody, and then somebody comes up and takes maybe, maybe Bryce Young. A lot of people feel Bryce Young may be the number one quarterback. C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud probably number two. The next best guy seems to be Will Davis from um, from the University of Kentucky. Now, my guess is it's a stretch, but let's say for the sake of argument here, maybe does take the offensive coordinator position position for the um, maybe takes the job. Let's say the head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Where does that yeah yeah? And let's say they go ahead and draft the gentleman from the University of Kentucky as the franchise of the future. Well, you got that in place, but then again, you have no offensive line. Now, Jonathan Taylor does return next next year. You can always hand the ball off to Taylor. But you have only one consistent weapon, and that's Michael Pittman. So, I mean, if Eric Benny was interested, let's say if he was interested in the position, he could definitely get his own quarterback in place and put his stamp of approval on that quarterback. He certainly has had fun working with uh, Patrick Mahomes in the last several years, and uh, Patrick Mahomes thinks very highly of him, as well as Andy Reid does. Now, the question is, the question we'll get to is this, and certainly this, let's just say again for the sake of argument, Eric takes the job. Who would replace Eric Benny as the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs if that was to be the place, if that was to be the question? Now, what is, uh, there is even a, uh, Patrick Mahomes has come out, I think come out in an interview or an article that I read that he would love to have Cliff Kingsbury, the gentleman the the gentleman who just got fired as the head football coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he would love to have him come in and be the offensive coordinator. Now, I get it. Patrick Mahomes and Clef Kingsbury drove all the way back to Texas Tech. I got for that. Patrick, you know, Patrick was coached by Cliff Kingsbury. He loves the guy to death. And he would certainly love if, if Miami was to leave the Chiefs for a head coaching position. He would love to have him in. Now, now Cliff, now Cliff, Tried his best to work some magic with um, Kyler Murray, and there was points. Maybe not this season. Maybe not. Maybe not this season. But last season, I said, but last season, Kyler Murray had improved to the point where he was being considered an MVP candidate, and then injuries, yeah, derailed him. But at one point in time, it seemed like the Cardinals and Kyler Murray were getting better every single year that Cliff was with them, was with the franchise. But last, I guess, the collapse after the HMO start, a huge collapse. Kyle Murray got hurt, a collapse. Again, a huge collapse this year. Kyle Murray was hurt, struggled this year. Uh, you didn't have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six, six games of the season. Marquise Brown, he brought in to replace DeAndre the first six games. He had injuries. Zach Hurts, a good tight end in this league. He got hurt. So, I mean, you can sit back and say injuries to the offensive line, Kyle Murray, key position players for the reason maybe the Arizona didn't play as well and Cliff lost his job. Now, now Cliff, Cliff 
Scott runs offense at Texas Tech, but again, as a head coach, he had a losing record. Now, before beginning the Arizona Cardinals coach, he actually took a job as the offensive coordinator for the yeah, for University of South California yeah, of, of Southern Cal. Now, again, he was pulled back because he got the job as the, as the head football coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And Cliff was a big was a big Colin Murray fan. Uh, he came in. He, he did well with Colin Murray. I'm not sure injuries cost him. Cost, I think, last probably a couple of years on Colin Murray because of injuries. And, of course, with Colin Murray, there was always the report, the rumors that he was too small for quarterback. A lot of people made that happy that statement. But, for Cliff Kingsbury, to him to go to Kansas City, it was certainly interesting, big interesting fit. He can work with Andy Reid. But the only problem I have with that is there's a gentleman on that on that roster, on that staff, I should say, that is a that's a pretty decent guy calling plays. And that would be Matt Nagy. I'll assume this, I'll assume if I'm gonna assume the very enemy was to be the let's say a head football coach somewhere else. My guess is Matt Nagy would move up and become the offensive coordinator. And you gotta remember. He was, remember, it wasn't that long ago he was the head football coach of the Chicago Bears. He came from Kansas City Chiefs staff. He knows Patrick Mahomes. And again, let's be honest with you, Matt Nagy made Mitchell Trubisky look like a halfway decent quarterback in his league. Now, of course, we all, we all know, now granted, Matt had a hard time trying to figure out Justin Fields, but he somehow figured out how to make Mitchell Trubisky at least first season a halfway decent quarterback in his league. Now, I mean, yeah, and that, you know, that's not a bad play caller. And to me, it would seem to be, in my opinion, that would be the guy to step up and take over if Eric was to get a job elsewhere. Now, the only possible I can see is unless Eric Benny took Matt Nagy with him, and let's say, man, let's say for the sake of argument, if Eric got the head coaching job for the Annapolis Colts, I'm not trying to wish it into existence. So maybe, maybe Jimmy takes Nagy with him and makes him the offensive coordinator. That would be the only theory, the only situation I could see where Cliff Kingsbury would come in and maybe be the offensive coordinator. And even then, I don't think that, I don't know if Andy Reid would uh, really go on what Patrick Mahomes is saying. Because I think Andy Reid would just simply put, I think he would simply make Matt Nagy the offensive coordinator, and then with Patrick Mahomes. Now he's familiar with Mahomes. He knows the offense. It, make, it would make the most logical sense. But I, I get I get Patrick Mahomes. He's a Cliff Kingsbury. He likes Cliff. Never at Texas Tech. I get all that. But to me, I think if Cliff stays in coaching, he'll probably go back to the college level. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being an offensive coordinator. Whether it's this coming season or not, I don't know. Um, I mean, one job that's up for another is we talked about in the last episode, Stanford Cardinals. Now, I'm not saying Cliff will go be the, the head, coach, head football coach of the Stanford Cardinals. I'm not going to say that. But I can see maybe Cliff could go there and be maybe an offensive coordinator and maybe can help, you know, Stanford, you know, help Stanford you know, get the offense sniffed back up and running. Now, again, Stanford's had some uh, good players come, you know, come to there. Quarterback-wise, they've had some decent players come to there. 
I mean, let's remember John Elway actually came from Sanford, from Sanford, right? Andrew Knock came from Sanford. Yeah, and there have been some good players. I mean, there's been some solid players that come to that come to that school. What about uh, Christian McCaffrey? I mean, there have been some solid offensive players, and many more that come come from Stanford. Now, a guy like I can see a guy like Cliff Kingsbury going to Stanford, being an offensive coordinator, and certainly, and certainly doing some nice things there. Man, I can see, or I can see Cliff being somewhere else. As an offensive coordinator, maybe you know, maybe some team would take, maybe some college take a chance on him as a uh, head coach. But for right now, I think Cliff would develop a certain offensive coordinator somewhere, and he could put his stand on that team. But I don't really see, I really don't see Cliff getting a a, a job at this moment in the NFL. Now. Is that one possibility is, and that's a the biggest stretch of all is what about Cliff Kingsbury becoming the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets? Now, let's think about it this way. Now, Cliff has done, Cliff done a pretty decent job as a college Can Cliff work his magic on a guy like Zach Wilson? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not going to say that Kyle Wilson, I'm not going to say that Kyle Wilson. I'm not going to say that that may stretch the imagination, but there's some characteristics. Both guys are mobile. I think Kyle has a better arm in this lesson, but there's some characteristics, some similarities. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Cliff goes, maybe Cliff can go to the, to the, uh, to the, to the Jets. Maybe you can work with Zach and maybe decide if, if they are true and you know, Maybe, maybe Cliff is the, maybe Cliff has a chance to be, uh, maybe he's the NFL center. He can have him. Maybe Bryce will back from the ACL injury. And, you know, Jared was, maybe Elijah would have worked with. Maybe go ahead and sign a veteran receiver. Maybe you draft him a receiver. You know, maybe they do something like but again, that's just, that's hearsay. Again, like I said, I'm not trying to push everything into this bit of existence here, but I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I mean, Cliff Hazelberg, offensive coordinator of the Jets. You know, it could, of course, like I said, he's worked with Alan Murray, and I said, well, Sim and Murray, they have some similarities. I think how it could be, and Cliff could be the offensive coordinator. He works with Wilson. Maybe he can be the best he can. Maybe he's a guy. That can get something out of Wilson. But again, if you listen to all the rumors and all the speculation going around, the Jets will get a quarterback, a new quarterback, a veteran quarterback. I get Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr, height, maybe G. You get all these, you know, these the highest, maybe. I made a comment on last episode. What about Lamar Jackson signing a big deal with the, you know, the uh, Jets? Now, can you imagine it? Kingsbury had a chance to work with Lamar Jackson. Now the Jets can really, if you go to Kingsbury's offensive coordinator, you sign Lamar to, let's say, 45, 46, 47 million a year, on oh, that And wherever he's going to want, yeah, the Jets give him that. Now can you, now can you imagine Lamar 
Kingsbury, maybe maybe the Jets could be could be in the right situation. Hall comes back from injury. We got Garrett Wilson. I like Elijah Moore's number three receiver. If you get enough, if you get done a guy that could be your solid number two. Wait a minute. Yeah, the Jets might have something going on. A healthy offensive line. The Jets might have something here. Now, yeah, now, to me, they could be a little better than New England with Miami. It depends if Tua Kazil pulled 17 games and not have any uh, concussion issues. Um, to me, Buffalo would still be the team to beat in the East, but the Jets can make some noises. Again, I know Jet fans, it's, it's, it's what ifs, speculation, whatever else. But I get it. I get what Mahomes. Mahomes has seen Kingsbury can do with an offense. Now again, Andy Reid and Eric Newman have done an outstanding job. They're trying to go to Kansas City. Mahomes says that he can play with pretty much every year. The Chiefs are in the playoffs pretty much on the season almost every year. The Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders just about every year. So I get it. Yeah, now, like I said, Cliff Kingsbury was always a surprise when he had a losing record at Texas Tech. But the thing about Cliff is he knew how to run an offense. He did, it, he did a pretty decent job with the Cardinals in this past year. Again, injuries. The top receiver missed six games for the PDs. Colin Murray wasn't 100%. And of course, there's always been speculation about Kyler. He is not, he's not into it. Running game, that's always been 
issue with them is take the pressure off the actual monitors and get a running game. That's something that's got to be straight. Now, Juju, I believe he's a free agent. He had a pretty decent year for the Seahawks Chiefs. Yet, do you bring him back? But again, there's rumors, of course. We talked about last episode. DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. Then you go out and you be that aggressive and get Hopkins and not even worry about Juju Schmidt. Yes, he's still got the best tight end in all of football and Travis Kelsey hanging around. But again, to me, man, he's a guy that will probably take over and not Cliff, not Cliff Kingsbury. And not to say that Andy Reid might not listen to Patrick Mahomes. He's his quarterback. And if Patrick has a good vibe about Kingsbury, maybe Andy Reid does listen. But again, overall, Andy Reid calls the shots. And let's be honest with you, Andy must, Andy must be doing something right because, um, again, I mean, how many, how many division champs have won now? Six in a row or something like that. And they've been to the playoffs. They've won the Super Bowl. They've been to a couple Super Bowls. So I think Andy, Andy Reid kind of sort of knows, knows what he's doing. I mean, again, Andy Reid's had success with quarterbacks. You go back to Jonathan McNabb in Philadelphia. He had success with a lot of them in the past. I mean, heck. He, revived, he helped revive Michael Vick's career at one point. I mean, so Andy Reid is, is, knows how to work with quarterbacks. I mean, he's worked with Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith is a decent quarterback in this area. Again, and there's Patrick Mahomes. So Andy does, Andy does a pretty solid job. Andy Reid, I think, was on the Green Bay Packers staff at one point in time, right? He had a chance to see Brett Favre up close and personal. But again, I say him. Andy would probably listen to. He might listen to Patrick Mahomes, but, but at the end of the day, if Andy's smart enough, if Eric was a good job, I'm sure that he would step in. That he would, you know, that Andy would get a job. Now, could have been. I get it. You know, there are jobs out there. I mean, what about? Yeah, I mean, I know there's a Houston Texans job, but then again, then again, maybe Houston Texans. Again, he can get a top five quarterback. He can get maybe Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. If they got one of those two, he can sit there and work with them. Now, he might not have much of an offensive line to work with. He does have, he has one quality, he has a good running back to work with, Damian Pierce. Um, Brandon Cooks, I mean, he's probably going to be gone. But again, your um, receiving court needs working. Now, one gentleman that we'd like to talk about, and that's John Mitchie III, who uh, had had a uh, had to take a year off basically because he had a battle a, bat, a battle with leukemia, and um, he could very well be back next season. But I've been good reports that he is, you know, that he is recovering very nicely and had the chance to be in camp, which I think is, is great. And maybe you know Mitchie could be one, a, a weapon that. That can sell into you know to, to the Texans. Pierce. You know, him. I mean it's it could be a start of it could be a start of something. But I mean would Eric be interested in having a chance to get a high quarterback and put the stand approval on that quarterback? Then again, look at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have a good defense. Offense line needs to be worked. You would have one receiver to work with in DJ Moore, but your quarterback would be up in the air. And again, this might be a situation where everybody might sit back and say, you know what? None of these jobs get my 
potential. Again, what about the Cardinals? Well, who would have Kyle Murray work with? James Conner. Let's say that Vince Hopkins has stayed there trading. Marcus Brown. You know, Zach Ertz. You know, maybe that would be a better fit. Maybe him going to the, um, yeah. Can you see him Patrick Holmes to Kyle Murray? Certainly not Patrick Holmes to Kyle Murray. Hands down, he'd be a leaf. But, I could be addressing fit. Going to the Cardinals. But then at the end of the day, you know, how many interviews will Eric Benny have? And if he gets interviewed, will he be interested again in the other in the jobs are sitting out there? Again, he might get to the point where you know what? My bet my best bet is still still is still the offensive coordinator here in Kansas City to work with with Andrew and Patrick Holmes. I think at some point last year, I think Eric felt that that was the case that when some of the jobs came open. Just an intriguing because, yeah, just an intriguing. I would see one job that would have been for him would have been the Raiders. Can you imagine if he had the Raiders and he had a chance to work with a Derek Carr, a Josh Jacobs? Let's say he still went out and got Devontae Adams. Now, of course, but again, you know, again, maybe, think, you know, that would have been an interesting fit. But again, with Cliff Kingsbury, I get it, Mahomes, not just Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury fan. And he thinks they would be a good would be a pretty good fit with you know with Andy Reid. But again, I don't see it happening. If Eric was to get a head was get a head coaching position, I think Matt Nagy would be the offensive coordinator because simply put, he knows the system, he knows Patrick Mahomes, and that would probably be the best that would be the most perfect That'd be the most understandable fit. But for Clint, for Cliff Kingsbury moving forward, I think going back to college, offensive coordinator position for somebody is probably is probably the best fit for him at this moment in time. Now, I've said I like to do a lot of reading and I catch a lot of stuff, whether it's on ESPN, NFL.com, or Yahoo, or whatever sites out there. There are some articles I get a chance to read up on Facebook. There's some articles that that kind of like I have to like shrug my chin on, or as in the words of Arsenio Hall, if you are a show that Arsenio, Arsenio Hall is a fan of the show, this show from years ago, um, he said things to me. He said, hmm, we just talked about the Colts, and the Colts are looking for a, a replacement at quarterback. There was one name in an article that popped up under the Colts as a possibility destination, and that was actually Geno Smith. Some people think Geno Smith could go to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, maybe it would make a contender once again in that division. Now, mind you, Geno had a career year this year, and Pete Carroll and company got the best, got certainly the best out of Geno Smith. Now, this is the Seattle change. Uh, the offensive line actually played well this year. They made a couple of um, they made a couple of nice draft picks. I think it was Cross, an offensive tackle they drafted as a first round pick. He played well. They, they got a guy at the University of Washington, I believe, with Billy Lucas, another another guy who seemed to be played very well. They drafted a couple of young players on the offensive line that seemed to help an offensive line better. Then again, it also helped. Also helped. They drafted a 
learn that in the future. I can't walk her. Can't walk her more like, oh, we just already learned that next year for sure. Depending if you got hurt, he'll probably be gone. He'll probably leave. Be on the team next year. And you still got Lockett. And you still got, and you still got Metcalf. You got a couple of decent tight ends. No Grant, Will Disley, who doesn't get a lot of respect, but he always seems to be in the right position at the right time, making a decent catch somewhere. Now the defense for Seattle, it's young, but there could be something there. I mean, if Seattle plays it the right way, they could be, you know, they could be, you know, you know, Seattle could be a contender in the NFC West. You know, they went to the playoffs, they got bounced by the 49ers, but I think that, but they have to help their own against the 49ers for a certain amount of time until the 49ers play the Packers. The biggest reason, Gino was, was, was the biggest reason that the Seattle Seattle was able to get to that spot. Now, now sure, Gino with his new career here, some some people might look in Gino's direction. I mean, things like the Colts, maybe the Carolina Panthers look in looking his direction. There, there might be a couple more teams out there that might look in Gino's direction. Maybe, maybe the Atlanta Falcons might look in Gino's direction. I mean, Mariota, he could all be gone. Um, we don't know about Desmond Reader. Yeah, if he's going to be the quarterback of the future for Atlanta, maybe, maybe Land Rick and Gino. Let Gino work with Drake London or Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, I've seen stranger things happen. But I think as far as, but to me, for the Colts to reach out to Gino Smith, I don't really think it is a wise decision. Like we said before, this is his career year. And Gino, for whatever reason, was got comfortable. You got him back in back in it was it was him. It was him and Drew Lock was like an instep to the starting job. I think Drew got hurt. No, I think Drew, I think Drew I believe it was Drew that COVID, I believe. I believe he had COVID. I believe that was the situation and he missed some time and then Gino kind of took off, took the job and it was in and Gino never went back. And of course, Gino had a very decent game, opening game against the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. But again, for any, I think for any team to reach out there, and that's not whether it's the Colts or somebody else concerned. Like I said, it goes back. Gino had a career year, and I don't know if I see Gino in another system, you know, be that successful. That's just, I mean, that's just kind of like my take on that. I mean, Pete Carroll. Evidently saw something in Gino. He felt that maybe I don't need all. I don't need. I don't need Russell Wilson here anymore. I can bring Gino in. I can run the football still, and I, and I can make my passing. I can run the football, play defense. Well, he still ran the football well enough, but the defense they play up to play up to par. You know, like I said, there's young guys. But again, I'm sure Gino will get will get paid now. I was thinking I was reading it, and I know an article something about it. They could not, you know, Gino, if they didn't come to terms with Gino, they could franchise tag him. Gino would be up to close to $30 million per year. He would get $30 million, and that would be, <laughs> and that would be a lot for a guy that had a career year to pay He had a career year, and let's go ahead and pay him $30 million. Yeah, now, now, see, I'm sorry for not saying they will start the talk negotiation with Gino and give him contract extension. Now, to me, that's probably the right thing to do. I don't know if they might have any confidence in Drew Locke. I'm sure Drew will return. He'll probably be, he'll probably be back in the game next season. 
possibility because they feel that Richardson could fit their system, you know, maybe down the road. I'm not saying that he would be the quarterback right now. If you re-sign Gino, Gino would certainly be the quarterback next season. And maybe in 2024, if you draft Richardson, then Richardson takes over late 2024, depending on Seattle. If they make the playoffs and now they play ball for, you know, but again, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some NFL teams might look at Gino and say, well, hey, we need to take the on Gino. But then again, there's going to be some teams out there that are going to sit back and say, well, if Gino had a career year, can't do that again next season. And that's going to be, and that's going to be the thing that Pete Carroll and Seattle are going to have to realize, is can Gino do it again next next season? And that's the question mark. Now, Gino and Seattle do have, I would say, similar success because, again, the offense line's improving. You got a good young running back, two ball receivers, you know. So, I mean, as far as offense, as far as offense goes, there's not going to be no changes. Now, the only change might be is maybe the offensive coordinator, because their offensive coordinator is getting interviews for head coach, head coaching positions. Now, if he does come back, then that's great. But if you lose him, you figure somebody else on the staff to step in, you know. And continue, continue, and continue along with, with, their, with their success they had this past season. But again, it was kind of interesting to read that Gino and the Colts, I don't see it, I don't really see it happening. But one thing is, you know, Gino, certainly the money would, would get anybody's attention. But to me right now, if you look at it, if you look at it, Seattle's offensive line might be better overall than the Colts' offensive line. Now, I would still rather have probably Jonathan Taylor over Kenny Walker. But I will take yeah, but I will take I will take yeah. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett over whatever 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 they've got. And the receivers they get the tight ends, I'll take the Seattle's tight ends over the Colts tight ends. I think the only thing that it is if I had now if I had the Colts defense and put it on Seattle and put it on Seattle's team, Seattle would be a contender in the NFC West, hands down. Moving forward and going to next season, it gets to be interesting going into next season. To me, the 49ers, we said in the last episode, right now, probably the most, probably the uh, leading, I would figure they'd be the leading candidate to um, probably win the division again next season. Um, the Cardinals, I'm not so sure about. I would exclude them. The Rams are, are a wild card because you don't know. You don't know. Sean Faye is returning. And can the Matthew Stratford's, Aaron Donald's, yeah, and Cooper Cup can he come back from injuries and play well as ever? That's going to be a situation. And then you've got the Seattle Seahawks who quietly sit back. Yeah, I mean, I can see maybe, I can see keeping Gino, maybe, you know, I mean, my thing is, they were working on defense on the ball. I can see him trying to add another pass rusher, add another linebacker, get some more help in the secondary. Yeah, maybe not. You know, something else in the secondary. I know one possibility is maybe get a consistent number three receiver. That's always been an issue there. Maybe a number three receiver. You know, certainly a pass rusher. Uh, maybe an old linebacker. Maybe, you know, maybe another guy in the secondary. If you can do those four things and they had an excellent draft, you know, maybe you go out and get one free agent. Maybe two. It doesn't have to be a big name player, but if you do that, and again, if you can continue to draft well, like you did this past season, 
then hey, maybe you know, maybe see how they finish maybe second in the division and maybe have another shot at the wild card spot. I mean, it's possible, right? Yeah, it's certainly possible that they could do that. But but again, with Geno Smith, Geno's best bet is to pretty much stay in Seattle. And I know the money is taken elsewhere, but for Geno, the best bet for him is to stay in Seattle. You know, and and stay with that young talent, that young talent team that Seattle's another kind of ball club. People like I said, people thought when they traded Russell Wilson, they wondered had they lost it every other nine, they did it. Well, they've been with Pete Carroll. Josh and I saw something to the point where maybe they can get by with Gina. They can get by with um, Drew Locke as their top two quarterbacks. Well, right now, Drew Locke has kind of been an afterthought, and and Gina is now with now Gina is fixing to make himself uh, make himself a, a very remarkable player. Now in Seattle, Seattle's house, but maybe it's all organizations' house, but. If all organizations and you're looking at Gina Smith, you got on your ball club. Remember, he's had one good year this entire career. You got to remember, he's been the Jets, the Giants, the Chargers. He's been around the NFL, and this is the one stop that he's made that he's finally that he's finally done okay with. That he's done okay for himself. He was a decent backup for Russell Wilson, but now, now he's thrust upon the starting role. And we'll see, we'll see moving forward if Geno Smith can, you know, can be the quarterback for Seattle, at least for next season, maybe for a couple more years to come. And again, we've already talked about, can he be that guy? But then again, maybe he'll be the quarterback of the future. But we'll see. But whoever, whoever gets you know, Geno, I think Geno is going to return to Seattle. And he'll try to continue to build on what he's got there, what he's got there in Seattle. He's in the right situation, right place, right time. But the question is, can Gina build on what he did this past this past season? That is something we'll find out come twenty twenty three. Now we're talking about speaking of quarterbacks and and of course people who saw the the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens game and Tyler Huntley who didn't play poorly really for them. Um, he made, of course, the one costly mistake, and Sam Hunt runs back for 90 yards for a touchdown. That ends up being the decisive decision. That seems to be the deciding point of the game as the Bengals move on to play the, the Buffalo Bills this week. Now, certainly Lamar Jackson, of course, a lot made about Lamar Jackson that he did not, that him and Ravens could not come to some kind of agreement, and Lamar bet on himself. Now, at the beginning, Lamar was playing pretty good ball to the point that he was telling, you know, pretty much telling the um, Ravens that, hey, you know, this is what you need to sign me now. Because if you don't, the price tag goes up. You're playing pretty good ball. And, of course, he slumped when the injuries came up. In this last six was because of a knee injury. And, of course, there's been reports that he has come out and he said he had a grade two sprain going into a grade three Sprayed and it was pretty bad. He was, you know, limping around. He was seen limping around the facility. I think I said well with John, with, um, John Harbaugh that he went on Twitter, I believe, and said something about his injury situation. And now it seems like his teammates are wanting or are, are saying that if basically if Lamar had been healthy, they would have beat the they would have beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. 
course, that's why Ansys wants to be buds if they would have won the game. Now, Lamar has not had a lot of success in the playoffs. Take, you know, take that for what, take that for what it's worth. But let's be honest with you. The last two years, Lamar has missed time. The Ravens have failed, have failed to, you know, have failed. And to me, with Lamar sitting out, Lamar's stock, at least in Lockett's eyes, are probably going up and up and up because he's proven himself to be a $40 million-plus-year quarterback. Probably 40, he's probably earned the contract pretty much for at least Kyler Murray's made. And Lamar Jackson has more playoffs than Kyle Murray has. Lamar Jackson has an MVP under his belt. Kyle Murray doesn't. So to me, I mean, Lamar is going, to, is going to get his money. Now, whether it is with Baltimore, and a lot of his teammates are certainly hoping that he does return, because a lot of people feel that they could have, like I said, they, they could have beaten. They could have beaten the Bengals with, you know, Lamar Jackson under. Now, to me, I think they could have beaten. Could they play better? They probably could have played better with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I deny that. But Huntley has been a pretty decent backup for them. And again, Huntley got dinged up. That goes with uh, Brown, a third string, a third string quarterback. Brown comes from the University of Oregon, I believe. But again, yes, Lamar certainly could have been a difference maker this week. I'm not denying that he cannot. I'm not going to deny that he could have been a difference maker for him because yes. Lamar's a difference maker every time he steps on that field. But <laughs> there was even a report that, and I don't really buy the report, but there was even a report out there that maybe Lamar was, you know, was, was maybe, you know, how can I word this? Some people think Lamar might have been, not like I say he was faking the injury, but maybe the injury, he could have maybe possibly played on that, played on that knee. He could have, some say he could have probably, like, you know, wrapped it up or bandaged it up or put, you know, and played on that knee. Some people thought that Lamar was um, saving himself, you know, that he wasn't kind of being selfish and he was saving himself to get a better contract. Now, there's a report out there that's even remotely about that. Now, I kind of found it hard to believe for Lamar Jackson. If that was really the case, I really found it hard to believe. Uh, I'm sure Lamar could get on that field and play. He would have been on that field playing because Lamar, like I said, he is a difference maker. And he has proven himself time and time again to the Baltimore Ravens. Again, you know, the Baltimore Ravens felt that so much, so much about Lamar Jackson, they tailored an offense around, around him. Now, I will say this much. They haven't given Lamar the prototypical number one weapon. They had Marcus Brown, who they thought could have been the number one weapon. But again, to me, it gets to be very interesting. If you want Lamar Jackson to pretty much stay around, you're going to have to give him what he wants, and then maybe go ahead and get a DeAndre Hopkins. It's probably going to cost you, some, it's going to cost you something. But can you put Lamar, maybe with J.K. Dobbins, who's a talented player, if he stays healthy for a full 17 games? The last two years, that's J.K.'s problem. The talent is there, but he can't stay healthy. And that's an issue. J.K.'s got to stay healthy for a full 17 games. If you get a new sound Lamar, try to trade for, let's say, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, with Bateman come back from injury, you still got Mark Andrews. If you can do something like that, then you're off to something with the Ravens. The Ravens could be a team to beat in that division and not the Cincinnati Bengals that everybody likes to think. And I'm a Bengal fan. And trust me, it doesn't matter. Anybody in the division is going to be scared of Lamar Jackson because of what he can do, what he can do on that football 
horse and now doesn't give my credit for his arm, but the Lord doesn't have that bad arm at all. It's his mobility that's always making him dangerous. And to me, Sir Cocker's got a guy from Justin Fields who has that Lamar Jackson like vibe to him. That again, if Chicago plays it right in the offensive line, some receivers, Justin Fields could be the Lamar Jackson of the NFC if it's played, if it's played right by the by the Chicago brass. But it gets to be a very interesting situation. What if, let's say for the sake of argument, the Ravens don't want to pay Lamar Jackson the money? Do you bring back maybe you bring back Tyler Huntley? Because I think they're the starting quarterback. Or do you play the game that's your quarterback? But then again, the question mark is, well, who goes out and signs, let's say, if Lamar doesn't come back, to go get him? Now, I've always mentioned, I've mentioned the New York Jets. Now, can you imagine with him being with the Jets? I mean, he would certainly make the Jets an almost instant playoff contender if he had him, if he had him there. Now can, you, now, can you imagine Lamar Jackson going to the Giants instead of Daniel Jones? Now, can you imagine Lamar? Let's say you, you, you go out and you sign Lamar, you bring back Barkley, you tell Daniel Jones to get the stuff now, what do you think about that? And I said, what about that? Now, another possibility, the nation's capital. What about the commanders? Well, yeah, you put Lamar in Washington, oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, they would certainly be the talk. They could be certainly almost the talk of the, uh, of the NFC. Again, the Panthers. <clears throat> the Panthers now, one possibility, what about the New Orleans Saints? I can you imagine him with a decent offensive line? Still got Alvin Kamara, a young maybe Michael Thomas, if he can stay with a full 17 games. Chris Olivier as the as the other receiver. They, you know, Lamar Jackson and the Saints would be interesting. I don't think the Saints have the cap space for all that, but I'm sure some things will happen. And I get it. The Raiders are coming into the situation. You get rid of Derek Carr and you bring Lamar Jackson in. Lamar Jackson worked with uh, Josh McDaniels. You bring Josh Jacobs back. You still got what Devontae Adams, Repro, Waller. But again, there are certain situations that Lamar can step in that the Ravens do not want to pay him money. He can go out and be a free agent, and he would say he would be more likely going to want 45, 46, 47, maybe 48 million dollars. Now, granted, now granted. He's not going to get a $50 million deal. I don't think he's not going to get that. He's not going to see that. But Lamar's going to get paid, whether it's by the Ravens or some other organization. But the point is, the Ravens have kind of backed themselves in the corner. In the last couple of years, Lamar's been hurt. Then again, maybe that works against Lamar Jackson. That could work against him to the point where maybe, maybe the Ravens are thinking, you know, you know, Lamar has missed a lot of games the last two years. Maybe we don't want a guy that's going to be that's going to be hurt an awful lot. Maybe we can go out and get another quarterback. But then again, do you take that chance? Because trust me, if you don't if you don't sign Lamar Jackson back, you'll get you'll catch a lot of backlash from not only not only your organ, not only your teammates, but you'll catch a lot from the fan base. And again, this situation with the Ravens, as we said before, have backed themselves into a corner. They don't have to give Lamar his money to bring him back. Because let's be honest with you. A lot of teams in the AFC are not going to be scared of the Ravens if Lamar Jackson not, is not under that center. Nobody's going to be scared of, of uh, Tyler Huntley. 
Tony's doing okay in the back of all, but he's not a guy that you put 17 games on. The Ravens have got to hurry up and get Lamar Jackson in because if they don't, he goes elsewhere and unforeseen reason was a Super Bowl. Then again, the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens will be scratching the head for many, many, many years to come. We've got to, speaking of quarterbacks, we're going to finish off this one with one, with one, one quarterback that's always the talk, the talk of the town, which seems to be the case now, Aaron Rodgers. Now, after the Detroit Lions game, Aaron, of course, was down because his team lost. If they would have won, they could have gone to the playoffs. Now, I don't know how much success, if they got to the playoffs, how much success they would have had in the playoffs. But now, Aaron had probably be one of the worst years of his of his career. He threw what twelve interceptions. That's the second most of his career. And of course now Aaron is Aaron did sit down, I think, after the season. And he did even I think a couple of days after the season ended, he did talk to Green Bay Brass and he said the Green the Green Bay Brass are not making any good decisions on on if, you know, they want him to, you know, hurry with a quick decision. It'll give him time, time. And then this kind of feels like a, almost like a Brett Favre-like thing in a way. Is Brett going to retire? Is Brett coming back? Well, this is kind of the same thing for Aaron Rodgers. Is he coming back or is he gone? Now, I think last Tuesday he did not appear on the Pat McAfee show because he was sitting down with the Packers brass, so that's why he did not appear on the, on the Pat McAfee show. Now, one knows, again, one, I don't know what was said in that meeting. Now, the Packers have got some decisions to make, not only with Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron wants to come back. But you've got a lot of guys in that roster, like Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby's days are probably over. Randall Cobb, I don't see him come back. I don't see Crosby coming back. Alan Zard signed a one-year deal. You have to wonder if he's coming back. David Bakhtiari, he's had injuries. You have to wonder if they trade the left tackle, you know, for some draft picks. You know, Green Bay's a team that's always left the door for the draft. I mean, there are some decisions other than Aaron Rodgers that Green Bay's going to have to make in the offseason. And eventually, one's going to be Jordan Love. What do you do with Jordan Love? Because I think Jordan Love's contract is, is going to come up to the point where he's going to be paid X amount of dollars, and he'll be caring about, what, maybe $70 million <laughs> on the boards on just two quarterbacks alone. So one has to wonder if you feel Aaron Rodgers can't be the quarterback for the next Maybe another year or two, because it'll be, you know, and maybe it's time to get rid of Jordan Love, or maybe it's time to ship Aaron Rodgers out of town and let Jordan Love take over. There's even a crazy report out there that I've heard that maybe they might consider either trading Aaron Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been an outstanding player for the organization for for several years now because of his contract. Somebody said they might trade him. Now, again, I know Barkley and Jacobs are the top two running backs out there, but can you imagine a guy like Aaron Jones out there? Can you imagine what that would, you know? Some say they might have to release Aaron Jones outright. Now, I don't know how much that would, you know, cost against the cap, but again, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thought process as well. There's, a, again, the thing is when Aaron got that $50 million a year contract, it hurts. And organizations know that when you pay one player, 30, 40, 50 million per year. It hurts in other areas. But again, 
that's the game that you take. Aaron Rodgers feels that he could be an MVP once again, whether it's the Packers or whether it's an organization. And he gets come down and said that I think he's Pat McAfee show that that's that he could still be that MVP type quarterback under the right circumstances. Well, it depends on it depends on Aaron's decision going to be. Now if Aaron comes back maybe in a month or so and says, Okay, I'm coming back, I'm sure Green Bay will work it back. But I think at the longer it waits, I mean does Green Bay privately get on the phone without any rush knowledge and say, Hey, we're interested in trading Aaron Rodgers, uh, what do you want to give us for him? Now, at thirty nine years old you have to wonder that to come off the other head. Does Aaron Rodgers still have trade value? And again the biggest issue is he got a big contract. We don't want to take some of that contract. That's an issue that, that I don't think the NFL team wants. Now, is there an NFL team that would take a chance on Aaron? No, yeah, I'm sure there's someone out there that would do so. I mean, I don't see Aaron with the Panthers. I really don't see that. Now, the one weird and stupid possibility is what about the Raiders, about Vegas? I know it sounds crazy and it sounds stupid, but can you see Aaron Rodgers? Reunite with Devontae Adams. If you bring Jacobs back, let's say you put Rodgers in this. Rodgers in there. Yeah, can you manage Devontae? You know, Jacobs again, Renfro, and Waller. Maybe you still need to improve on the offensive line, but I mean, it's a possibility. I'm just saying, we'll put it out there. I'm sure it's been put out there by somebody already, certainly. But you have to wonder. In this you know, all season where is Aaron going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he going to retire? I think I'm not an Aaron Rodgers kid, but I don't think Aaron likes the way the season ended. He didn't like the way the team played. My guess is Aaron comes back for maybe one more year, maybe. You figure by then he'll be he'll be 39 years old, almost 40 years old. My guess, Aaron does this one more year. He wants to try and try to grow on a high note. I'm sure he wants to get the Packers into the playoff one last time. Now he might have he might have to do it without all Randall Cossum, buddies Randall Collins, and Mercedes Lewis, uh, Mason Crosby. If he does, he's gonna have to do it without some of these guys. Now I'm sure Aaron Jones hangs around AJ Dillon. He's got a couple of young receivers. But you have to wonder if for some weird oddball reason they can go out and get a depth in the conference. Again, I don't see we are making a deal like that, but can you imagine if they did something like that? Yeah, yeah. It would certainly make Aaron Rodgers sit up and take notice and say, well, wait a minute, we got him. But again, you know, the defense, the defense is not that bad. They played, they played as well as it should have, but there's still on the defense side of the ball. Everybody knows that. Well, for Aaron Rodgers, it's an all-season is to say, is he going to stay, is he going to go, is he going to retire? I guess Aaron will make one more year out of it to see if he can right the ship, if he can get, if he can get him right back on track. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have time for this episode. Please take care of yourself, and I'll see you again soon.